today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. This week, you got CityCast Madison's Molly Stentz and yours truly. Madison School's bus driver shortage is causing extreme delays. Madisonians get a sneak preview of the Madison Public Market Building and the latest in the power struggle between Republican lawmakers and the Wisconsin Supreme Court. It's Friday, September 15th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Welcome to the Friday News Roundup. It is a beautiful day and fall is coming. Molly's not so happy about that. Joining me today is Sheriff on this here podcast, Molly Stentz. Hello. Hello, Bianca. We got a few more days before I have to begrudgingly admit that it's actually fall. (laughs) Well, those are fighting words. Um, (laughs) And um, so everyone knows Dylan is on assignment today. It's fall for most people who have kids in school. Uh, School has started up and the wheels on the bus go round and round. Just not necessarily at the time students, parents, or the school district really want them to be going round and round. Um, Not so funny. It's actually pretty serious. The first week of school had some real chaos on account of lack of reliable buses. Uh, The district has a new bus provider, first student. And there are some issues with staffing. Schools in the Madison area saw delays as long as two hours in the morning. What a way to start the school year. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Missing classes, like as if there hasn't been enough anxiety for students and human beings in the past few years. The district did obviously expect some hiccups. You know, this is a new provider, a new contractor that they're working with. But what they experienced was pretty extreme. Like one bus didn't show up for an hour after school. And so it's sending kids walking home. Teachers from Lakeview Elementary were walking with students. One Madison principal jumped in as a bus driver. Which is wild. Like I saw that and was like... Does that guy have a CDL? You gotta have a special license to drive a bus, and that is no joke. Yeah, I was like, are they gonna start training principals? <laughs> Getting them yeah. licensed up? Well, and just like the the lengths that educators go to to take care of kids, you know, like that probably wasn't on their plan for the day, wasn't in their job description, like walk kids home across major highways or learn to drive a bus, but they did. Right. I always say, I think teachers are, that's just the most important profession. I'll say it now. I'll say it forever. And I guess, you know, when you think about all the things that teachers do in the classroom, unsung heroes that our teachers are, I'm not shocked that this is happening, but it's also such a bummer um, because when you can't reliably count on your students being in class, it's impacting teachers' ability to, like, lesson plan. And basically, you know, sometimes they spend hours on their plans. It's extremely disruptive, and they're not able to carry on with the yeah. curriculum that they planned. I mean, to 
to the students who are trying to get into a new routine after being on summer break, to the parents, many of whom have jobs to go to. And And I've been looking forward to getting their kids back. (laughs) Get out of my house. I'm just kidding. Maybe you don't feel that way. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big, it's a big disruption. And, you know, it's been going on for years with this school bus driver shortage. And the thought was, okay, if the school district switches providers, it will help alleviate the problem. But right, waka waka, it's still here. I didn't expect this to be the big news of last week. Yeah. You know, all the schools have signs out like, hey, want to drive a bus? Hey, you know, grandparents? Uh, <laughs> hey, anybody, please? Yeah. Um, it's, Yeah. It's a tight labor market, and it's also not a very glamorous job. I've had yeah. friends who've been school bus drivers. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, obviously, like a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Is there not enough funding for, you know, the bus driver? Like, why are we in the shortage? Why are we having these issues? I don't know. I feel like maybe it is just the labor market and people don't want to do this job anymore. But I wonder if it was paid better maybe we wouldn't be here. Yeah, that generally is how you incentivize workers and find workers is to raise pay. But, you know, where's that money going to come from? Right. Well, I just feel like this this feels like a city issue, honestly. I'm sure many of you listening don't like the idea of kids being in danger because they don't have transportation to and from school. Uh, that's a really big issue. Maybe we should start a campaign, like a bus driver recruitment campaign. I mean, would you drive a bus? I mean, honestly, yes. Like, I, I've been thinking that this whole time. Like, I'm like, I love Otto from The Simpsons. <laughs> Um, and currently we have 103 drivers and we're about 30 short. So if you know someone, <laughs> consider being a bus driver because they need you. They need you. And it does make me feel a little bit better that it's not just like a Madison issue, like similar stuff. Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported on like similar things happening in Waukesha. And this is this is a national issue. I, I saw in Scott Gerard, the champ, a wonderful school reporter with the Cap Times, in his article, Ali Muldrow on the, from the school board. She said, what does this mean for the future? You know, thinking about when it's six degrees outside and you have a seven-year-old waiting for the bus and you have to get to school or you have to get to work. Like, um, people are, are more nervous about like, okay, like, is this going to get fixed? So... We'll definitely be watching this issue. Yeah. There have been improvements, but there's still a shortage. Um, so so holy, hopefully it's only up from here. Now's your chance. Drive a school bus. Be like Otto. <laughs> I will not even talk about my friend who used to have a broomstick. This was not the Madison School District, just everyone, but he was a bus driver. He was much beloved. Um, but he used to ha- carry a broom in his <laughs> school bus because, like, kids would get so loud. And obviously, like, that's really distracting. It's hard to focus, right? If kids are just, like, shrieking and, you know. And so he would – I just never forgot this. He would, like, take the broomstick and, like, bang it on the <laughs> roof of the, the ceiling of the bus. And the kids would be like, whoa. <laughs> But it worked, apparently. (laughs) Not advocating this, just saying. (laughs) It's a funny memory. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I mean. (laughs) You do what you got to do. 
In other news, we got a sneak peek at the Madison Public Market this week, and there was a lot of excitement for it. So we are going to have to talk to Karen Crossley, the chair of the Madison Public Market Foundation, soon. There's still not actually a market yet, just so we're clear. (laughs) Right. It's still in progress years later. But this is that that old city warehouse at First Street, like between East Washington and East Johnson, over by the railroad tracks. It used to be the fleet services building, like where they'd fix city cars and the all the cop cars would go to refuel and stuff. So it's kind of this big industrial space, kind of looks like an airplane hangar, like really does not look like much from the outside. But, but. They have big plans, big visions. It's going to be totally redesigned. And the idea is that they're going to take that building and make it a year-round market space. So not exactly like a farmer's market, more kind of like a mall, kind of like a food court type thing. Um, But they're using the same firm that did the overhaul of the Central Library downtown. Ah! Oh, my gosh. So good. Yes. Yes. And the municipal building. Did you... Did you go to Booklist, that event, when they redesigned? Did I? That was the best party of ever, of the century, for sure. The whole basement area was a disco party. And there was art. There were art, like, exhibits everywhere. Cocktails were being yeah. offered. Those were great events. So we're still, you know, we're still a couple years out. Like it's it's not happening imminently. And this thing has been in the works for years and years and years. It's gone through many iterations, many staffers, many plans, many committees. Uh, it took a long time to get the money. But, you know, every time they do offer a glimpse, uh, you know, and kind of like get the public excited about it, like people show up in mass. I will say if there are any doubters out there about like, which, you know, there have been over the years, people being like, why does the city need to do this? Why do they need to build it? You know, like every time they do an event, lots of people show up. I mean, that building was packed. So there was not really a lot to see, which was kind of funny because like they don't have any of the stalls built out yet. They haven't started the construction yet. Like it just it was an empty warehouse. But there were some vendors, potential vendors there Um talking about what they were hoping for out of the space. So That's so fun. Yeah. There there's a lot of excitement for it. So the the whole big idea is that it that it's equity through entrepreneurship. So, you know, the city's got this startup program they've been running to kind of help first gen business owners um build their business, kind of like you see with a lot of like tech, you know, startup entrepreneurial spaces. This is just like for food businesses. So we like food here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the city's been working with vendors to like get them ready to to apply to be in the building. So that's what's been happening. Um yeah, and that's they've got huge. big plans. But before we dive into any more news, uh we should take a quick break. So in other news, When we talked to reporter Jack Kelly earlier this week, he joked that there seems to be news every day about impeachment. He gave us the lowdown on what was going on behind the scenes at the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So go check that out in our feed from Wednesday if you missed it. Well, that held true. 
because here we are to bring you some updates. So a couple of things have happened this week at the state capitol relating to the power feud that's happening between the liberal wing of the Wisconsin Supreme Court and the uh, Republican-controlled assembly and legislature. So we know that there have been lots of fights about impeachment. There have been mainly over this recusal issue, whether the newest justice, Janet Protasiewicz, is going to recuse herself from weighing in on a case before the court, which is about redistricting, gerrymandering, how our political maps are drawn. We've been fighting over that since uh, two censuses now. I mean, we fight over it every 10 years, but yeah. So what happened this week? And the reason they're asking her to recuse herself is because of comments that she made, you know, when in her bid for becoming a, a justice. They were a little, you know, I think fair to say probably unprecedentedly candid about her point of view on gerrymandering. And so people, they're saying, you need to recuse yourself. Yeah. Candid for a liberal justice, I will say, because certainly conservative justices have spoken out about policy kind of positions. And, you know, the two issues were, yes, she she spoke about an issue that was likely to come before a co- the court, and then also that she received campaign contributions and support from the Democratic Party, a political party, even though this is a nonpartisan office, you know, two things which right. conservatives have also done. Yes, things are more seem more political than people might want <laughs> from a quote unquote, nonpartisan body, something, a, a body that's supposed to be impartial, away from the passions of the people. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so much passion. <laughs> so, so much. <laughs> the kind of long running conversation about redistricting, which is the process of putting together the state's political maps, is that the question's been raised, like, why do we let politicians do this, right? Because, like, clearly they have vested interests <laughs> in making sure they continue to live and serve in, in their own district and choosing their district. Um, and so there's long been a question like, hey, why don't we do it like the way Iowa does it, which is have either a nonpartisan or a bipartisan um, commission So a nonpartisan meaning like civil staff, you know, employees that are there regardless of administration, civil services employees that are are not supposed to be political appointees, people that's there to do the job, like have them or have like a bipartisan commission working together and overseeing them. Um, So people have said like, yeah, why don't we do this? Why don't we take it out of the hands of the partisans and put it in? Nonpartisan workers, like just let them do it. Let the let the map nerds do their map nerdy thing. Um, and so this week, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, he said, "Yeah, yeah, they they floated a plan to do just that." That's pretty exciting and and different because in the past he's actually come out and said that people can't be nonpartisan. You know how how could we have something like this? But change of heart, it sounds like. So Iowa has this legislative services agency, and then they also have a f- five-member bipartisan redistricting advisory commission. <laughs> they get to draw the maps. And what the proposal is here in Wisconsin 
is that we would give it to the hands of the folks at the Legislative Reference Bureau. Listeners, stay with us. Stay with us. We're going deep. (laughs) Good, y'all. It's getting good. (laughs) Okay, so these are lawyers and policy analysts and, like, basically the people at the Capitol who do the research for the lawmakers. So if you want to write a bill and you're like, I want to know, is there precedent or how does another state do it? They're, like, legal librarians. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they... They couldn't use uh, addresses of incumbent legislators or political affiliation of registered voters or previous election results um, in drawing these maps. Because that's what's being used before. (laughs) Yes. So you might think, like, is this a kumbaya moment? Democrats, Republicans united behind an idea. Well, not so fast. It could not be that easy. It could not be that easy. So Governor Tony Evers has said he'd veto this bill, and Democrats have raised opposition because it gives the legislature the ability to draw the maps if those created by the nonpartisan staff uh, are rejected two times. So it's basically like, let the civil servants try it, give them two tries, because of course, statutorily, the legislature still has to approve them. It's still their job. Like they can outsource the making to to the state employees, but they still have to like sign off on it. So basically, it's like, okay, let the reference bureau try. We give them two tries. If they fail, then we'll just go back to doing it. Mm-hmm. It does make you feel a little question, like you really need people to be working in good faith and it's sometimes hard these days to think that's going to happen in politics, maybe ever. But So the other second update is that uh, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss said he's putting together a committee of former Supreme Court justices, Wisconsin justices, to draft criteria for when a justice can be impeached, right? Because they're still talking about impeachment, but they haven't done it yet. They haven't taken a vote. And of course... There has to be a case made, right, which is supposed to be corruption. There would have to be charges and an actual case made for why a duly elected official would be removed from office. Right. Um, It has to be extreme misconduct, basically. Yeah. So basically, okay, let's ask some former Supreme Court justices, like, what would be the grounds for impeachment? You might be like, okay, sure. So who's on this commission? Who are we asking? Who's writing the rules? Good question. We don't know who's on this commission. The Associated Press asked, and Voss was like, nah, I'm not going to name them until the work's done because I don't want them to be lobbied. So <laughs> we'll keep an eye on it, but that's all I got for now. I mean, maybe by Monday there'll be new news. We'll just keep talking about it because, yes. you know, this determines who has political power in the state and who can make laws and there are huge issues before us, not to mention elections. Well, these tangos uh, are real. It's a power tango. And you know what the word tango reminds me of? Dancing. You know why? Because tango is a dance. And guess what I'm doing? I am dancing because you guys voted us Madison's best podcast. Yes. We are so happy and so grateful uh, with Madison Magazine's Best Of. Um, y'all voted, and we are pretty stoked. 
thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, this is our first year uh, doing this daily podcast, which is kind of a new thing, a new idea, delivering daily news and analysis and interviews about Madison every dang weekday. It's been We're fun. you like it. And yeah. it's seriously so gratifying to to know that you guys are really appreciating what we're doing because we're doing it for you and for us. It's our show. It's about Madison. It's about us and the policies and the culture and the f- food and everything that's happening here. So um, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate y'all. And keep those great ideas coming. Hey, hey. Well, and you know what? It's time to go tango into the weekend. Thanks for rounding up the news (laughs) with me, Molly. Stance. Anytime, Bianca. And in other news, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin has announced that they will resume offering abortions in their Madison and Milwaukee clinics as of Monday. It's a slow news week, right? That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin, your host. This week, the podcast was produced by A.K. Al Momin, Noah Schneiderman, Molly Stentz, Dylan Brogan, and yours truly. Our theme music is by Carl Christensen. You can also get more news delivered right to your inbox by subscribing to Madison Minutes. And if you enjoyed today's show, why not share this podcast with someone who loves podcasts? Thanks again. See you back here Monday morning with more stories from around the city. Ciao.